Do you feel like motherhood is mundane? A lot of mornings you wake up feeling like you lack joy or purpose. Do you also want to invite God into your mom life, your marriage, and your life in general, but you just don't know how? Do you feel tired, like you have no time, and you're always putting yourself last? Hi, I am Jill Warball, a Christian mom life coach, and I'll be showing you each episode how to make time for you, your relationship with Jesus, and others. I'll teach you how to grow with God and apply His Word to your everyday life. And most importantly, I'll be cheering you on each week, reminding you that you do have purpose and that you are worthy of a great future. You can find satisfaction in motherhood. I'm going to show you that you can live intentionally with less stress, more joy, all while serving God and others. So grab your Bible and get ready to be transformed. This is the Faithful Mama Podcast, a place where we learn to fill up on Jesus so that we can pour into others. Listen in. Oh, hi, Karen. I am so excited. Uh, before before we even jumped on this call, listeners, I already told her how excited I was to have her on the show, but yes. <laughs> um, we just have applied so many things from um, your devotional moments with God for mom mm. um, to different podcast episodes. And I've done one of your Bible studies and just to talk to you today is so exciting for me. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. And I know that the women that are listening are just going to like love you as much as I love you and my friends love you. So I'm so honored to be here today. So thank you so much for having me on. Yes. So I, um, I guess first I, I think it's, it'd be great for you to just tell everyone about your amazing ministry that has touched me and I know a lot of mom's lives Oh, yeah. Well, my ministry is called Birds on a Wire, and um, it comes, everybody always asks me, where did you get that name? And it comes from the verse Matthew six twenty six, and I'm just paraphrasing where Jesus is talking about the birds of the air, and they don't worry because he takes care of them. And then he says, you know, why do you worry? Because I, how, how much more am I going to take care of you? And um, whenever I was trying to figure out what to name the ministry, that verse, um, came to mind and I just thought that's it. Moms worry and we're anxious and we don't need to be because we have a heavenly father that's going to take care of us as moms and take care of our children. I think we forget that a lot of the time. So that's why I named it birds on a wire. So, um, and it's just a ministry to equip and encourage moms. You know, I'm a mother of four grandmother of five now, which I can't even believe that. But, um, my husband was in the Navy and I had all my children away from family and friends. And I just thought motherhood was just super duper hard because I was so far from my home, so far from family. And then whenever we moved back to Atlanta, that's where I'm from. Um, I just started listening to other moms in my church and they were all talking about how hard it was. And I was like, oh, I'm not the only one kind of thing. And um, I was at a church. I was working in a, in the care department, which 
the care department takes care of this, you know, staff and congregation like counseling. And I just kept seeing more and more moms coming for counseling and I would do their intake interviews and I'd realize you don't really need counseling. You just need mentoring. And so I started a Bible study in my basement and that just grew and grew and grew until finally the Lord just really pressed on my heart that he wanted me to start a ministry and um, he wanted me to leave my job at the church. And I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really prepared for any of it, but I did. I followed. And I think he knew what he was talking about because it just sort of blew up after that. And it wasn't anything I did. Everybody, all the people, ladies will call me, can I get together with you? And I'm like, sure. And I'm thinking, why do they want to, but they want to know how did I make it successful or whatever. And I'm like, um, I really didn't do anything. The Lord did it all. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not being humble on it. I mean, that's just the way it is. He sort of took it and exploded it and. Um, it's not huge, but it's big enough. So, um, yeah, 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 it's crazy. Yeah. And I know that, so you have the podcast and you have Mm -hmm. Bible studies and devotionals and books Mm -hmm. and you also have retreats too for moms. Yes. Yes. This might be the last year we do retreats because, um, this next year, 2023, we're going to be just focusing on the podcast, which is wire talk and just Mm -hmm. how to make that better to reach more, um, moms we are on all the continents other than antarctica but i know there's a lot of moms out there that are not listening and i'm i just want to help all of them you know what i'm saying yeah and then also me speaking so go into churches um not me putting on the event but let the church do a women's conference or a conference for moms and me just go in and you know give the message and then um let them handle all the details because they know their congregations better than me so right oh that's um, cool yeah, so we're just going to try to narrow our focus to broaden our reach, and I'm super excited about that. So, um, yeah, it's very exciting. So maybe they'll, the women listening will see you at their church one day. Hopefully you'll be at mine, too. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Listen, I would love to go to as many churches as possible. I've been around different parts of the love because you just get to know a whole new, you know, set of moms and the cultures that they live in but at the end of the day we're all the same you know we all have the same struggles we all you know are trying to figure it out we're trying to learn how to discipline we're trying to keep our marriages thriving and it's all hard you know it's it's just hard work so I'm I'm in it for the moms so that's the best way I think I can get out rather than me having all the moms come to Atlanta that's hard to do for the moms. Let's me go there. So yeah. anybody listening, tell your church. I'd love to come. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay. I'm definitely going to tell my church. Um, yes. I know we have so many, we have so many moms at our church and, and I, like for people that haven't um, done your studies or haven't really listened, there's just such, um, and you'll hear her today, you'll hear her mm. today, but there's such a realness and like authenticity, mm. like to to the way I feel like that you speak about motherhood, like it's so relatable. It's so relatable. Like it's not, it doesn't come across as sometimes you listen to people talk about motherhood and you feel like I'm just not, I'm, I'm not on her level or I'm not doing it right. (laughs) I'm not doing it right. Yeah. yeah. She does it better than I do and I'll, I'll never get there, but like you are relatable and you 
say things that I've gone through and that moms go through and you give us a, and like, you've made me laugh because it's like, yes, that is exactly (laughs) what it's like, you know? Good. (laughs) Thank you for that. I try to be transparent and I talk about my kids a lot and all the mistakes I did wrong and they did wrong. And people ask me, do your kids mind you talking about them? And I'm like, I've asked them, I've got all their permission, but they're all adults now. So they're like, it's fine. Just tell them that I was a terrible child. It's not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) So I think um, as a mom, sometimes for some of us to talk about motherhood and to try Mm -hmm. to give advice to other moms, it, we can sometimes feel like, how can I sit here and talk about being a good mom when I don't even know if I'm a good mom myself and I'm trying to give advice to like Satan ever Mm. say like you can't talk about motherhood because you failed here here and here you know what I mean like yeah you know uh golly when I was starting the bible study in my basement my oldest was in middle school and they stair stepped down from there and yes every single week it's like she and I would get into an argument like a knockdown drag out argument before all the moms would get there <clears throat> and I really think that was Satan. I had one, one Tuesday night. That's when we met. My son had collected all these bottles of Coke from all over the world because my husband's a FedEx pilot. And he, that was just sort of their thing. Greg would get him a bottle of Coke from Saudi Arabia or China or Japan or whatever. And it was all on his, um, these huge shelves in his room. And one week right before the moms got there I heard this huge crash and the whole shelving unit came down and the bottles of coke went everywhere in the room I didn't even have time to get it all cleaned up and I was just like not today Satan I mean I was just but he it's like every week something happened and yeah I would be like why in the world am I giving advice to moms whenever I can't even get along with my middle schooler you know yeah um but uh, God just kept, per, you know, pushing me forward and just like, it's not about you. If he told me anything, those first five years of getting started is this ministry is not about you, Karen. It's about me. And it's yes. about me drawing the moms to me because right. they can't do this mothering journey without me. Right. And, and I would be like, I don't like my hair. I don't like the way I sound. I don't like, and he'd be like, it's not about you. I mean, if I heard that once, I heard it a hundred times. It's not about you. It's not about you. And I'm like, okay, I got it. It's not about me. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. That's so, like, I, I feel like when, whenever we go to talk to other moms and encourage them, like we can defend Satan by saying like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not drawing them to me. I'm drawing them to Jesus. Cause I'm not perfect. He is. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, so other than the retreats, um, and the Bible studies, you write books and you just wrote a new book and I know my listeners would love, would love it and would love to hear about it. So tell us about it. It's called the survival guide to motherhood, learn to thrive, not just survive. And the book is from all ages, zero to really adult children, because I do reference um when my oldest child was having her children and our relationship and what all during that um, season of our life so um it's really from the crib all the way to adults and just that you know parenting is a marathon it's not a sprint and 
so many times in motherhood, you know, we've all like, we want a quick fix and moms will tell me and write into my podcast, like I've tried this three times and it's not working. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, you got to try it 300 times. You know, I mean, it's just, it's a long haul and children are hard to um, mold basically and to, you know, accept the discipline and all that. So I wrote the book just because I wrote about the things that I was seeing in all the moms and that I felt um, in my life whenever I was raising my children. So just simple this is the most practical, simple book on being a mom. I'm hoping every mom reading it will be like, yes, she's been in my house. She's lived in my walls. Like she's heard these conversations, but it's simple, like how to get through your day. Cause the days get boring. They're mundane. And yes. it's the same. you feel like you're living groundhog day every day. You know how to take charge of your home when your toddler or your teenager is controlling the atmosphere of your home how do you take that back and just be like, no, we're not going to all walk on eggshells around you or we're not going to give in to these temper tantrums all the time. You know, I want to eat dinner at a whatever hour and I don't want the food on the floor. How do you take back your home? You know, how to keep your sanity? Cause that's always in question in motherhood, <laughs> how to stay connected with that's a whole chapter on that. It's a little convicting. I'm not going to lie, but I wrote it from experience. It takes yeah. work to stay yeah. connected how to discipline your child, know how to be a student of your child, know how to build confidence in your child, know how to set your own pace and run your race, not everybody else's, but your race. Yeah. It's different. Instagram does not help that. Um, and then know the difference between your best and your perfect. I continue to see a huge wave of perfection coming into mothers. And I just want to be like, stop, you know, don't, don't try to be perfect just be your best. And sometimes, you know, in college, um, my best subject was English and writing. I mean, I am an author, but my hardest class I ever had was my freshman year writing class. And I made a D in that class and it was absolutely my best. And I mean, it really was. And I told my parents, like, that was the best I could do in that class. (laughs) And they were like, Okay. And I know my parents were probably thinking whatever, but it really was like, I had a lot of blood, sweat and tears over that D, but anyways. Um, and then the last one is know your self-worth because a lot of times in motherhood, we lose ourselves and I don't want that to happen to moms because I've seen that happen in my life and I've seen it happen in a lot of friends and a lot of moms and you're just lost and that's not good. Being a mom is just a part of who you are. It's not the whole thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Goodness. Okay. So uh, we're probably all going to end up ordering it because every mm-hmm. chapter, every chapter I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> I wrote it to where it would just be like you and I sitting down having a cup of coffee. Like, let's just yeah. talk. Let's just be real. Let's take off all these, you know, I'm perfect. You're perfect. We're all, per- you know, let's just, be yeah. real. let's just have a conversation mother to mother. So hopefully, I hope they do all order it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes for anybody okay. um, that wants to get it. But so, okay. Then um, it sounds amazing. So what, what are some big takeaways from the book that my listeners today mm-hmm. can just even apply after they they're done listening to this podcast. Yeah. 
Um, one of the biggest takeaways is the thought, and, and I talk about this a lot in the book, that our children are like slow cookers. They're, they're like crock pots. They're not these Instapots that we all have in our homes now. And you, you can't do it quickly. And so we have to slow our pace as a mom to our child's pace. And you know what I'm saying? Like whenever I was working and I was trying to get everybody out the door and come on, come on, come on, come on. And it's like the second you say to a child, come on, we're in a hurry. It's like all of a sudden they go in slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) We're so frustrated by the time we get everybody in the car. So I had to learn, okay, I got to pack their backpacks and their lunch boxes the night before. I have to have their stuff out. I had to get my A game on because they were not going to be coming with their A game. And I had to get into their pace, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense, instead of, having my three-year-old get into my 40-year-old pace. It just, you know, wasn't going to work, you know. (laughs) Another thing is that whole concept that it's um, a marathon and it's not a sprint. Um, And that the chapter on connecting with your partner, just that that takes work. It just happily ever after doesn't just happen. It just doesn't. And we've been married 36 years and they've been good years, but hard at times, you know, my husband travels two weeks out of the month, every single month and how to stay connected with him and keep him connected to the family was a lot of work over the years. You know, I think we did a good job, but it it was a lot of effort. It was a lot of conversations. It was a lot of me thinking outside the box and trying not to be a martyr on things um, and telling him I need a date and I want to go to the movies and get popcorn and Coke and, you're going to be happy about it. And he'd be like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) all right. You just should have said so, or bring me flowers, dad gummit, you know, (laughs) and you're not giving me any kind of thing, but my favorite chapter out of the whole book. And this is what I love to talk about. I love to just encourage moms. I have a ton of stuff on this, on my podcast wire talk, but is how to be a student of your child. And it's the whole personality, temperament, um, stuff. And it's in a lot of different forms. It's the, the Greek names are choleric, melancholy, phlegmatic, and sanguine, but we made it easy and it's blue, yellow, green, and red temperaments. And the reason this is so, this chapter was so life-changing to me is my third child was my son, And I'd had two girls before and they were just easier for me, you know, and I didn't know if that was just because I'm sort of a girl mom or what, but then I had him and I loved him and he was sweet and so kind at the house. But then we'd get to church and we went to a smaller Baptist church in Virginia and everybody knew us, you know, it wasn't that big and we'd walk in and he was about three years old and everybody be like, good morning, Taylor. That was his name. And he'd, he'd growl at them. And I was like, what are you doing? And I was just mortified. I mean, literally I was mortified and I would be like, why are you growling? And he's like, I don't like them. And I'm like, you don't even know them. Like, why are you growling? And so I was talking to a friend of mine that was like 10 years older. And I was telling her about this behavior. The girls never did that, you know? Yeah. And he, he just said, um, or my friend said, she started laughing and she said, he sounds like a melancholy you know, personality 
Plus for Parents by Florence Littower. And I got the book. Actually, I had the book. And I got it back out and I started reading it. And I started realizing, oh my gosh, he is a melancholy, which is the blue temperament. I am sanguine, which is the yellow temperament. Those are opposites. And I did not understand him at all. And obviously, he didn't understand me because he was three. And so it just sort of became part of my mission in being his mom. I've got to figure this little kid out. I got to be a student of my child. And he is the exact opposite of me. And um, that was hard. I mean, it really was hard. And I would have to tell his preschool teacher, you know, like whenever I drop him off, like, please don't make a big deal about him. Like, don't be like, good morning, Taylor, because it's too much for him. And I just have to say, just put his tag on him and let him go find a truck or a train to play with. And he will warm up. It just, it has to be on his terms because the blue temperament, they don't like attention called to them. And when people were saying good morning and they were getting in his face, that made him very uncomfortable, even at three. And um, time is very important to the to the blues like they like to be on time they like to be early and I'm running in on two wheels you know 10 minutes late almost (laughs) everywhere I go and I mean when he was four years old he asked for a watch for his birthday (laughs) and I was just like what four-year-old kid wants a watch and um he just I had to adjust you know he didn't want big birthday parties He doesn't even like to this day, he's 27 years old. He does not want you to sing him happy birthday. It's too much attention drawn to him. And on his 18th birthday, we're singing him happy birthday. And he said at the end of it, mom, it's just our family. It's nobody else. Mom, how many times do I have to tell you I don't like you singing happy birthday to me? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Because, you know, I'm a yellow. Yellows like to party. Everything needs to be fun and big and loud and He's like, no, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it was hard for me. He was hard for me, but I had to learn to figure him out because I wanted a good relationship with him. And I have to say, we have a very strong relationship now and throughout the years. And my husband is blue. And the funny thing is, Taylor would come to me over going to talk to Greg, even growing up. It was, and I thought he would gravitate to the other blue in the family, but he, he didn't, but I think it's because I made such an effort over the years to show him, I don't understand this behavior, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to accept you for the way you are. Yeah. And I'm not going to try to make you be a little mini me because that's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and it's okay. Like, I'm glad God wired you the way he wired you. Like you're a pretty cool kid, you know, yeah. but And that was hard over the years because I'm a yellow and whenever I get nervous, I make fun or I make a joke and things weren't, blues are very serious people. (laughs) (laughs) Things are not funny. You know what I'm saying? And we were driving to middle school one time and I said, well, Taylor, are you having a good year? You know, I mean, it's just a lighthearted question. You know, you're liking your classes, your friends, everything going good. And he said, well, mom, it just depends on the choices that I make this year. You know, if I don't choose the right classes, if I don't make wise choices in school and with my behavior, I could end up, you know, failing and that's bad. And, and I was just like, whoa, <laughs> that's so serious. <laughs> I just wanted to know, yeah, it's a good year. That's all I was looking for, you know? Right. 
but blues are serious and they, um, whoo, yeah. But in that chapter, I share one thing that really helped me in my mothering journey, and that is the core needs of the different personalities. Can I go over those with y'all real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Please. Okay. So for your yellows, which are like me, um, their basic desire is to have fun. And every temperament has a basic desire and they control by certain things. So if the moms are listening, they can sort of, and they don't know what I'm talking about. You can go on the website, birdsonalarmoms.com and take a personality quiz and it'll tell you what color you are. And that'll help you sort of decide, oh, this is why I'm reacting this way with my child. We're opposites or we're the same or we're, you know, struggling or whatever. But the yellows, their basic desire is to have fun and they control by charm, meaning they can wiggle their way out of most anything by a smile, by being very persistent in what they want and sort of wearing you down. Uh, When I was in the, the second or third grade, I ended up talking my bus driver (laughs) into stopping at the store to get my mother a Mother's Day present. Now, I sat behind (laughs) his chair for two weeks, had my money in my pocket every day ready. And this was a big school in Atlanta. And (laughs) and I but he finally said, if you'll quit asking me, I'm going to let give you five minutes today. And I said, yes, sir, I got it. I got it. I got it. But that's the yellow. They usually get what they want by charming people. So, and then their basic desires, their emotional needs are attention, affection, approval, and acceptance. And like I said, the blues and the yellows are opposite. My husband is a blue. And I've, I've told him, I said, I want you to take a screenshot of these core needs that I have. <laughs> because a lot of times when your blues are real hard, you know, they're very critical of things because they want everything perfect and I said sometimes when you're being so perfect it's wearing me down because I feel like I'm not getting your approval so and he's like oh I don't mean it that way and I said yeah I'm just telling you that's the way I hear it so then it's kind of of similar I I listened to the a few different episodes where you've talked about the colors and it's kind of similar to almost like the love line five love languages yeah way yeah yes Yeah, it is. It has similarities for sure. Yeah. So um, the next temperament is the red and they, their basic desire is to control, to have control and they control by anger. They get angry whenever you're not doing things their way. That's my son. Yeah. A lot of times we can nail those red children almost from the day they were born because they want things a certain way, even when they're babies, their emotional needs are loyalty sense of control, appreciation, and credit for their work. Mm -hmm. Um, The Greens, their key uh, main desire is to have peace, and they control by procrastination. And a lot of moms will be like, what does that mean? I'm like, if they don't want to do it, they just don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) They're not in a hurry to get things done or there's there's it's hard to motivate your greens but they need their emotional needs are peace and quiet feeling of worth lack of stress and respect yeah then the last one is the blues and like I said before they want they have this key desire to have perfection in their life everything they have very high standards for themselves and for others so they expect a lot out of you my husband expects a lot out of me as a wife you know what I'm saying yeah um 
but he wants the house a certain way, you know, and that was hard for me. I was like, well, I mean, you know, sorry, I'm not little Miss June Cleaver here. Um, uh, But I told him right out of the gate, like, I think you want this to be like perfect all the time. And he goes, yeah. And I said, oh, you married the wrong person. (laughs) That's the perfect, not in my vocabulary, but we'll work on it. Um, They control by their moods and sometimes they'll get in a funk. My son or Greg will, my husband, and I'll be like, are you in a bad mood? Yeah. Why? I don't know. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, and it took me years to figure that out. Like, all right, well, I'm just going to leave you alone. You can work your way out of it, but yeah. um, I can't fix it. And their emotional needs are sensitivity, support, space, and silence. So like, for instance, when Taylor would get home from school, when he was in elementary school, um, the girls would sit at the bar. They'd talk about their day. They'd eat their snack. We'd all chat. Taylor would get his snack. He would go straight down to the basement, turn on SpongeBob. He had been on all day, you know, yeah. and he just needed some time to be by himself, to have his space and not talk to anybody. And at first I was like, Taylor, sit here and join us. And he's like, no, I don't want to. And he wouldn't. And I was just like, wow, what am I doing wrong? But then when I realized I'm needing space, I need to give it to him. He would eventually emerge after the girls are gone and they were outside playing or doing their homework and we would have really great conversations. So it's just learning these things about your child. And I think that makes us all a better mom. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll mm-hmm. put that, um, the personality test in the show notes too. Oh, thank so, you. So I'll put the personality test. I think that's, that's so helpful because we automatically as moms, think what's wrong with us and we don't right. take into account that's just yes. their personality right you think right. that like you said like what am I doing wrong like my my one son is a red and my other son is a green I think it's a green where he like is a slow poke because he just doesn't yes. want to do it but he also yeah. loves like peace and quiet and mm-hmm. um but you know at times I'm like why can I not motivate you know my my green but and then yeah. I think, what's wrong with me? Why is my son so angry? Is it me? <laughs> like, right. I, exactly. You know? So or, I think- yeah, I had two red children and they were so bossy. And, you know, when they're little, um, that's embarrassing. You know, yeah. when you're little, I mean, I picked Kelsey up from a piano lesson one day and she's correcting her piano teacher about this piece of music that they're playing. And I, we got in the car and I said, Kelsey, don't correct Mrs. Hammond. She's been playing piano for 20 years. And she goes, well, I don't like the way she plays it. <laughs> like, <"Whoa." laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're so, you're so much. You're yeah. So much. <laughs> well, well, my, my red, my boy, yeah. my, my, my little, my littlest boy, he is a red and we had his, it's his very first year um, doing pre-K and he, he's homeschooled. I homeschool, Mm -hmm. but we we're in a co-op. So he goes into a class with a teacher, Mm -hmm. um, one day a week. And I kind of teach him what the teacher teaches him that week. It's the classical conversations model, but he has to every week, um, do uh, like a presentation. It's kind of like show and tell. Mm -hmm. Um, well, it was his first time ever having to do that. And when I said, when she called on him and it was his turn and I was like, 
come on, like say it. And the mom goes with the child to this, oh, this okay. co-op. Okay. So I'm sitting with him and I'm like, okay, now say, hi, my name is Silas. And he said, no. And he smacked me in the face. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no, That's how, that's how red he is. <laughs> and yeah. it's so embarrassing. And you're like, why yes. did my kid do that? Like, yes, he doesn't normally do that. That's not a normal. No. For him. Right. right. Like, and then it's like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that happened. And it's like, do I, do I take them and put them on like timeout? Do we go home? Like, how do I react yeah. to this? Yes, exactly. But and he was reacting because he was embarrassed. Right. And Reds do not like to be embarrassed in front of people. They always like to be in control. And he felt very much out of control, you know? Yes. So they lashed back in their anger. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard, but to know that that's his personality but also yeah. understand the what his desires are mm-hmm. helps. And so to be able to know that as a mom, yeah. okay, in this moment, this is what he's actually looking for. Right. This is what he's feeling. And this is what he's de- desiring from this moment. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if you don't know that about them, you could constantly be getting it wrong. A hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. So I definitely think, um, that including the link to the, the personality quiz on the website is so important for the moms to do. Um, yeah. But so that is a whole chapter in the new book. Yes, it okay. is. Okay. Okay. How to become a student of your child. Okay. So um, is there any, I always ask everybody after, after kind of when we're about to close, mm-hmm. what, what is like your best advice for Christian moms? Like, if you could pick one piece of advice um, in life that okay. they could know or, or you know, about yeah. the, either for as a mom or as their or in their relationship with Christ or whatever it is, like what, what would well, be your biggest? I think, I think it's sort of both as a mom and in your relationship to Christ. And, and it, it's this, you, we are not in control of our children. We are stewards of our children. God's given them to us to raise, to teach, to develop, but they're his, you know what I'm saying? They're not mine. And so many times in a being a mom myself, I would find myself holding on so tight to my kids because so much is at stake, you know, Mm -hmm. and I could hear God just, just like, they're, they're mine, like open hands here with your kids and you can't control them. Just like I don't control you you as a person. God does not control us. We're not his puppets. I can't control my child. And, um, whenever I have open hands where my children are concerned, just as they're growing and you see something in them that's wrong, or not wrong, but you know, you'd like to change. Maybe they're stubborn. Maybe they have anger issues. Maybe they, there's, we could go on all all day, all all the things, but just take that to the Lord and just say, God, um, I see this in my child. Like I had one of my children and they lied. And honestly, she was my sweetest one. And she was the one that lied. And I prayed over and over and over again, God, I don't know. I know why she's lying. She doesn't want to get in trouble. And she's lying over stupid things because she's not even doing anything bad. But she she was green 
and she just didn't want any kind of conflict, you know, so yeah. she would lie. And I would just ask God, give me wisdom to, to parent her, to love her and to guide her towards you, you know, because, yeah. um, that would be my biggest thing. I think I would share with moms is you're not in control. Um, God is in control and your, your job is to steward them and, um, you're going to make mistakes and that's okay because, um, he is going to go behind you and he is going to fill in all the gaps and he doesn't expect us to be perfect moms, you know? Yeah. Yes. But he has paired us with all of our children for a reason. Yes. It's definitely it, like just being a mom. I just recognize why I have the children that I have because mm -hmm. just like why I have the husband I have. Yes. <laughs> like yes. They, they are definitely people he placed in my life to iron out the, the crinkles in me so that yes. he makes me more like him. Yeah, absolutely. And to draw you to him yeah. to where you need him, you know, um, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I just, what I would, I that's just talked. That's a, I think that's such great advice. It's like, I just um, talked about on the last episode, how we, um, you know, they don't need to see us as perfect. They need to see us sin, confess, repent, say, sorry, ask for forgiveness all yes. while still being joyful in the Lord. And mm -hmm. And it's like, it was from a, uh, an article, but, um, it was just so, that's so such, good. Yeah. It's such a good reminder. Like, mm -hmm. why do I think I need to, like, I want to show them Jesus so bad. So I, I'm so hard on myself because when I fail, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh man, I didn't show them. No, like show them that you, you cling to Jesus, yes. <laughs> you know, that's you what need you need to show them. Yeah. Yes. Show them your your need in those moments. So absolutely, well, Karen, this was such an awesome conversation. I'm so Aww. glad that you were on today. I hope that all the moms listening go to the show notes and buy the book and take the personality test and just really get to know, you know, your children and yourself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, so. I really appreciate you having me on and um, I hope maybe one day I can come to your church. Wouldn't yes. that be so fun? We can meet in person. Yes. I would love that. I would love I that. I would love, love that, that too. That'd be great. Well, thank you so much. Well, um, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Faithful Mama podcast, a place where we fill up on Jesus so we can pour into others. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to head over to the ratings and review section. And if this is something that you know will touch another mama's heart, please share it with her. And as always, stay faithful. Hey friend, have you heard? I created a free mini course just for you. It's called the Divine Destiny Mini Course. This course will take you from unmotivated, messy motherhood to understanding your divine destiny that was placed on your life from God. I know what it feels like to be completely stuck. I was so lost and lacked direction and without direction, there's just no motivation. But this will take you from feeling like you're going in circles to growing with God.
It will take you from feeling lost and unseen to motivated and clear on where God wants you to go. I promise this will empower each role of your life and inspire you to be the best version of yourself. After this course, you will be excited for your future and all that is to come. So what do you say? Let me and Jesus hold your hand and walk you into all he has for you. You can find the mini course in the show notes or on my website at jillroarball.com. I can't wait for you to be inspired.